0: even though you brought me this okay the kind of like a peace offering or whatever i am not doing your show and vis-a-vis i'm not doing show, and i know hambone hasn't even asked but since you're in the mark war border i'm not doing yours either and i just want to thank vince for being on keeping it 100 boom thanks guys thank Thank you vince yo vince yeah We got to overdo, and I'm going to send you a text because I've already done it with Mike Durbin. You should be ashamed of yourself that I actually did a show with Mike Durbin before I did it with you on albums. I know. You were the first guy to throw it at me. Then you picked and rolled on me, and you deked me, and you never did it. You tell me when you want to do it, and I'm there. All right. I'm going to send you a text. You tell me, and I'm there, bro.
1: Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode number 60. Thank you so much for listening. This is a dream episode for me. It's something I never, ever thought would happen. It's a guest that I never thought I'd ever actually be able to get on my show. This is a guy that doesn't do quote unquote Mark podcasts. He said it millions of times. My guest for this episode is the legendary Conan. I had been asking Conan to be on my show for maybe a year or two, and uh, I don't know what happened, but finally he agreed. I think part of it was um, he wanted to start doing top five music segments for his Patreon. I think I asked him if he wanted to do a Stevie Wonder top five, and for whatever reason, he agreed to do it, and uh, it turned out amazing. It was released on the Keep It 100 Patreon uh, probably in August of last year. So if you're a Patreon member, you've heard it already. This version's a little better. There's more music in it, and uh, I just think I edited better. Of course, I have to plug the Keeping It 100 Patreon. Check it out at Conan.me. It's definitely the best Patreon around. And, of course, part of the reason it's so great is because it's run by the head of the Creative Control Network, Mr. Joe Feeney. So check it out. Join it. And you can do watch-alongs with Conan and Disco. You can do top five music lists with them. They've done several. I've been on several of them. I think I did uh, The Prince one, uh, Led Zeppelin one, and a few others. I forget now. But it's always a good time. Conan gets real faded, and uh, he just loves to talk. So it's not like you're going to be on there for 15 minutes. It's a long, long episode. So it's definitely worth your money. Conan.me. So as you probably know, Conan was actually sick last week. It made all the uh, wrestling news sites. As I'm recording this right now, I think he's back at home, and I think he's getting better. So that's great to hear. Get well soon, Conan. All right, let's get to that top five Stevie Wonder song segment with Conan. But first, some words for my sponsors. Thank you for listening to the Mike Durban Show. Please follow me on Twitter at mike durban, Instagram mike underscore durband underscore show and please subscribe to my youtube channel at youtube.com slash mike durband thank you this episode is sponsored by blue chew say it with us blue chew blue chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to your doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. BlueChew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy so if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information right now we've got a special deal for the listeners of the Mike Durband show try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code Durband at checkout just pay $5 shipping that's bluechew.com, promo code DURBAND, to receive your first month free. And I thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. This is the biggest honor for me in podcasting since I started. Unless
0: Disco was here, <laughs>
1: okay. I've already had Disco twice. You're the you're the you're the unicorn man. Yeah, you're the guy that everybody's trying to get, and uh, I, I finally got you on the Mike Durban Show. But we're, this is kind of like a, a dual show. It's it's partly for me and partly for you. This is also on the Keeping It One Hundred Patreon. So if if you like what you hear. And you want to do this, if you want to go over a top five list with Conan of music, you got to join that Patreon, the $25 level, the top tier, and you can do it too, man.
0: Or if Mike is uh, remotely entertaining, we can all three do it. Boom. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah. Or JoJo. Uh, no. No? <laughs> what about the guy in my shirt? What it? You see the shirt I'm wearing, Conan?
0: Who the fuck is what? Adam Hughes. Is that Hughesley? <laughs> all right. You know what? I may ban this right now before it even gets <laughs> off the ground.
1: Uh, They're too I much. Got, I just got. It's to like this.
0: Going. This is exactly what you did right now. I'm going to tell exactly what you did. You're in school, right? Hot chick. You finally got to talk to her. You finally got her to, to recognize your existence. You finally got to go out with her. You somehow, some way, got her into a room or a car or some setting where you can kind of be intimate. And you just laid a fart. Bro, this is you too much. That Adam Hughes shirt has got to go. now nah, that's all good.
1: <laughs> I'll send one to your P.O. box.
0: That would not be uh, accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you a question right off the bat, bro. Sure. How old are you?
1: Uh, 41.
0: Okay, so um, when Stevie Wonder came out, like in the, he he's actually came out in the '60s. So yeah, but like when I discovered him was the '70s. Okay. Okay. So you were like four around that time, right?
1: I was born in '78. So.
0: All right. So you were born, yeah. Okay. So how did he get into Stevie Wonder? I'd like to hear this story.
1: Um, you remember when they did the "We Are the World" video? Yep. Okay. You know, I just found this out a couple months ago. Do you know where they filmed the video and they recorded that? No. Charlie Chaplin studios. Really? Yeah. It's in LA. It's in Hollywood. Uh, it's on La Brea. That's so funny.
0: Cause somebody was going to take me to Charlie Chaplin studios. And I believe it was, I don't know if you know this guy, he was in wrestling. He wasn't a promoter. I think he worked in WCW at one time and he was making films in LA and he did like a GoFundMe or something and, and never did the production. And he did a show and, like, MVP was in it, John Morrison. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Because he, he, he also told me that either he filmed at Charlie Chaplin Studios or right by it and he was going to bring me. And as you know, being a Charlie Chaplin fan, I was popped huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was Char- Charlie Chaplin built that studio around 1918, I think. He built it. He did all his major motion pictures and then a lot of the, the short films. Um, and then when he got, you know, he got kicked out of the country, right at the start of the 1950s, he got kicked out of America. And then they sold the studio, and I think some TV company bought it, so it changed hands a few times. Um, it became a music recording studio, and then eventually uh, Jim Henson's company bought it. So right now, it's the Henson Company. So I've asked Hornswoggle if he's been in there. You know, is a huge uh, Muppets uh, mark. In, no, uh, I don't know that. Yeah, he's been in there, so... Uh, but anyway, the We Are the World video, right. was re- it was shot, I think they did it after the Grammys in 1984 or 1985, and Stevie Wonder was in it. He's uh, one
0: of the first guys that sings.
2: There are people dying, oh. Yeah.
1: So when I was a little kid, I was probably six, and we had the VHS video. It, it showed the video, and then it had the behind the scenes. And I just loved I loved everybody that was in that video at that time. You know, there were all these legends and Stevie Wonder was one of the great ones, you know, so. I mean, I knew all the the eighties hits, I just called to say I love you, you know, that kind of stuff. I didn't go into the seventies when I was a kid, but I'll never forget when I was just out of high school, there was this oldies radio station I used to listen to. And they used to play the number one song on my list. I'm not gonna say what it is now, but they would play that and I heard it the first time I heard it, I was like, What the fuck is this, man? And this is before Shazam, you know, so I think the DJ must have said who it was. And, you know, I went out right that day and I I got the full album that it was on. And um, God, that album is perfect to me. That's that's one of the perfect albums in music history. And then I just went exploring and I I stay really with his 70s stuff. I don't like the 80s stuff too much. Uh, I don't like the the 60s stuff. because 80s was more pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, Stevie Wonder, his best era is like seventy one to 77, 78. New I don't yeah, I don't Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, you'll see when I when I show you my song list, that's that's where I gravitate towards.
0: Yeah. It. So this is funny. This is how I basically discovered him. And let me let me tell you something about that We Are the World thing. So when We Are the World first came out, I played the fuck out of it. Yeah. I loved I loved the song and I loved everybody it was in. I loved the video. Mm-hmm. And so then I became tired of hearing and I couldn't hear it for a long time. Like I probably didn't hear the song for 25 years. Yeah. And I think around the time Michael Jackson passed away, I put it on again and I was just blown away by Lionel Richie, Cindy Lopper, Diana Ross, you know, they were using their voice, Holland notes. Oates. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, Quincy was able to get all these people. But bro, You could just tell that with all those great voices, Michael Jackson just had a special voice that just resonated, bro. He was special. I don't know if the motherfucker took hormones or, but, but he had a special voice, you know? And so let me tell you what happened with me. So when I was a teenager, I worked at this record shop for this lady. She was like a boss in Miami. She was this young, this young lady, but, bro, she was a hustler and she had this record store and I used to work there. And I remember that you know, I would put music on and you could hear the music outside. So you would come into the record store, you know, Ooh. and uh, I discovered one of the greatest records to me ever produced, which is songs in the key of life. Yes. You know, and that's a double album and, you know, reading up on uh, Stevie wonder, you know, it was like, I remember Michael Jackson said it was the best Stevie wonder album he'd ever made. Prince said it was the best one he ever made. George Michaels it was the best album you ever heard. Yeah. You know, this was something that I was I was thinking, wow, at a young age, I already knew what great music sounded like because these guys are validating it for me years later. Bro, I used to put, I mean, I used to ransack the whole place because I loved the music, right? But the sound that he was doing at that time was so way ahead. Plus, he was very, I, and I'm sure you know this, he was very socially conscious much like Marvin Gaye. Yeah. You know, and I remember right before he made this, here's a story that I just, I just remembered right before he made this album, he was going to retire and go to Ghana and help handicapped children. He was really mad at the government. He actually made songs that he threw shade at Nixon because he hated how, you know, the, the war, the protests, how he was anti-hippie, anti-black. He was a fucking racist, you know, and, and he, he was so disillusioned with the government. He was gonna leave the country. And that's when Motown came. They gave him like a I don't know, it was like a six, seven record deal where he had complete creative control and everything, and he stayed. But that's 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 a wild story. He almost left the country. Wow. And he turned out something that was just so incredible. You know, to yeah. me, I could have picked all five songs off of just this album. Yeah. That's how great this album is. Yeah, you know. So, um, just want to throw that out there. Uh, Throw your first song out there. I didn't put them in order of which one I like the most. I just put them in, you know.
1: Or well, we usually do. We go usually five, four, three, two, one. Right. So yeah, we 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 save the best one for the last. So yeah, Um,
0: I don't really do that. But go ahead.
1: Okay. This album probably has one of the coolest covers I've ever seen. It's uh, a close-up of his face. And it's got his, he's wearing like aviator sunglasses, and you can see the reflection in him. Right. Uh, this is um, this is the opening track from Music of My Mind. Love having you
2: around.
1: I think he played most of the instruments on every. He yeah. and he did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Amazing, man.
1: I've seen some video of him somewhere um, where he's in the studio in the 70s and he's playing drums and I'm like, God, this fucking guys uh, he's amazing at every instrument.
0: Yeah. And he was blind and, well, he started off with the harmonica.
1: Yeah.
2: It's the It's the
1: keyboard. It's
0: like, a Bro, little, I just love the fact distorted. that you can hear every instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was the first guy to fuck around with synthesizers.
2: Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I just I zone in on the drums, man. I'm not even a drummer, but I just love his drums. Listen to that that snare drum for the. Snare. Listen to that. Uh,
2: that
1: hi hat. The weird thing about Stevie Wonder songs is they repeat a lot. There's not a lot of changes in the songs. Like, it's not like three or four parts. It's usually one or two parts. And it just goes on and on and on. But it's just fucking... The parts are so good, you know?
0: So let me just tell you real quick before you hear it. Okay. So basically, the this song, what I loved about it is... You know, he was really going through a whole spiritual thing around this time. His daughter was born. That's why he wrote Isn't She Lovely? And so he was going through like the spiritual reawakening. And he wanted to make a song that was uplifting in the times of turbulence of Nixon.
1: Yeah.
0: And this song I really loved because uh, he sings it in Zulu, which is like a South African dialect. And I had heard from people from South Africa that his dialect was on point. The second part of the song, he sings it in Spanish. Now, you can imagine as a teenager, I extra popped, okay? Because his pronunciation was perfect, which led me to believe he took the time out to to get it right. He didn't want to throw some half ass shit like I've heard other American uh, singers trying to sing in Spanish all fucked up with zero respect on on how to pronounce the fucking word. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then the last part, he sings it in Spanish, and it's a song about peace. So, you know to me one of the greatest albums ever. The song's called I Am Singing.
1: Oh my God. This isn't Spanish, right here, right? This
0: is South African Zulu.
2: Have you ever looked up the translation?
1: Yeah.
0: Now he's going to start singing in Spanish.
1: Go ahead and translate. He's <laughs> talking about history? Yeah.
0: It's a history of love. He's going through a spiritual thing, bro. And here comes that beautiful voice of his. Watch.
2: There are songs to make you sad. But would I have a happy song to sing? It never seems as bad. To making me this melody. So I've tried to put in words how Here we I go. Feel tomorrow will be for you and me.
0: Bro. Yeah.
1: what a beautiful melodies so, so many so much is going on so many melodies yeah. intertwining man right oh.
0: plus you gotta see the frame of mind that he was in right so you know how you know we've seen uh you know whether it's the doors or tupac or whoever depending on the frame of mind that's the music that they're producing and he at that this time he's having a spiritual reawakening bro so he just wanted to transmit love you know yeah. And you can hear it in his music.
1: Well, for my number four pick, this is a different state of mind. It's a state of mind that uh, I'm sure you're in very often. Yes. This is from 1973's Inner Visions. Oh, I know you love it too, man. This,
0: this album was the one before Songs of the Key of Life. Yeah. Awesome album, too. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: This is a song called Too High. Tremendous. Now listen to the vocals when they come in. It, it, the, the vocal it's scat noise. That's synth bass.
2: I'm too high. Was he a big drug user? I
0: don't know. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I, I never heard stories of him. So I wonder if he means high in a different, uh, different sense.
2: A TV
1: so you, when you're in Iran, you put this on. Um, Does
2: this take you somewhere?
1: Oh uh, yeah,
0: because I heard this growing up. That, that, see, the neighborhood that I lived in was black, mostly black.
2: I'm too high,
0: so you know James Brown, him, Al Green, you know anything from Motown, Marvin Gaye—that was just beautiful music, bro.
2: Yeah. I'm too high, I'm too high, i never
1: ever come down. This song makes me want to get high. She's you
0: should. You know what? Hit this one right here, number five, Higher Ground. <laughs> Another song about getting high. That's a great song from there too. I would like to say this if uh th- this album right here like if you like to smoke or whatever you like to get faded with bro there's a real good album if you're into musicianship and just being able to hear all the instruments a beautiful voice which is stevie wonders which is a like an instrument itself yeah. Um, this is a great album to listen to, bro, if you just like old school real good music when it wasn't a whole bunch of like fucking electronic bullshit. And which there's there's a place for that. Yeah. But I appreciate this way more. Yeah.
1: Was that your number four, higher ground?
0: No, but no. I like that song.
1: Okay, so let's get your number four.
0: All right. Okay, how about this one? Um the album is called Fulfillingness First Finale.
1: Okay, what's the song name?
0: Okay, here's another thing, and I don't want to know, what did you think of the first song I played you? The one with the South African and the Spanish and the English?
1: Oh, you know, I I mean, I've heard that for years. I never knew the backstory of it, so um, that was cool to learn about it. I just thought it was just a beautiful song. I never thought, I'm not really a lyric guy. I'm more of um, like an instrument guy, so the lyrics are the last thing I listen to. Right. So now that I know about it, I'm going to investigate it further beautiful song though
0: yeah well like I said that whole album was like a written with a lot of love and spirituality you know and yeah. it resonates and you hear it in in the words that he says yeah. um the song is called boogie on on reggae woman
1: I don't have this album when did this come out why don't I have this
0: they're like 73 maybe this still kicks hard, bro.
1: Fucking yeah! I just heard. I heard the first second. Ninety-three,
0: two hundred three, two thirteen with forty-seven. I don't know. Thirty. I don't know.
1: never heard that before
0: and at the end like the last minute he does like this fucking wicked harmonica solo
1: Gonna get this album tomorrow bro how ex- how great is this yeah he's it's still going i don't going. even, I don't he's even still know going. <laughs> i don't even know what that instrument is that synth bass it's, yeah, fucking it's like awesome. a
0: synthesizer yeah
1: and then on the right side you got the piano he's just doing yeah. some some freeform piano shit man yeah bro he's
0: he's just a musical genius that's all there is to it
1: yeah all right for my number three pick everyone knows this song right this is on the radio all the time all right. This is from "Songs in the Key of Life," 1976. Sir
2: Duke. Oh yeah. Dun, 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 dun.
1: Not, it didn't come in yet, obviously, but it will. Yeah. Music is a world within itself.
2: itself. the language we all understand.
1: I assume this is about Duke Ellington. I think so.
2: Yeah. Dun, 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 dun.
1: yeah the horns Yeah. Yeah.
2: has to Yeah. Oh. yeah
1: if you go on youtube and put in sir duke bassline, yeah. and you you'll see a bunch of different bass players trying yeah. to play the bass line dude that yeah. part that part is the sickest part man. Yeah,
0: that, oh. that song, you can stop right there. Uh, that song was very, very uh, heavy rotation, radio friendly when it came out. Yeah. And just a tremendous song. And going back to what I said at the beginning, one of the greatest albums ever, <laughs> that song is on it. Yeah. Here's another one from uh, Songs in the Key of Life, which was also a huge radio friendly song. Uh, Isn't She Lovely?
1: And this was about his uh baby daughter, right? Right, yeah. a harmonica solo in this song too yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah not as wicked as in the other one yeah that's good
1: beautiful so for my number two this song is uh, on the same album songs in the key of life this song with the stuff going on right now i think everybody should listen to this song and listen to the lyrics. This is a song that I am into the lyrics. I paid t- attention to them, and you can learn things from this song, from the part at the end. It's very, very interesting. Um, it's got such a great message. Uh, this is called Black Man.
0: That's a great song.
1: Oh, listen to that sleep bass on the left side.
2: With a flag held in my hand, was first a red man. Got of a ship on the first Columbus trip was a brown man. our railroads were trains, came on tracking that was made by the other man. We pledged allegiance Great chorus. All the magic colors Red, blue and white And we all must be given The liberty that we defend But we're just It's not for all men It's dirt we will And be dug It's time for love
1: This world was made for all men This
0: world was made for all men Bro, let me like I said before I wore this fucking album out Yeah I've heard this shit a million times. I heard it so many times that the last time I heard it, she was saying, Isn't she love? He was singing it in slow motion. I'd heard it so many
1: times. Yeah, so pretty much the, all the verses is um, t- talking about you know, great achievements in the world. And then, uh, you know, it was a black man. It was a, a red woman. It was a yellow man, brown man.
0: Um, yeah, he was very socially conscious.
1: Totally. and you can hear like in the in the chorus you can hear that anger in his voice this part certain certain lyrics certain phrases and he's got a real anger to him
0: like, like I told you he was gonna leave the United States
1: yeah and at the end he brings in like some school children. Or,
2: yeah uh,
1: tremendous man all right this song should be covered or it's someone needs to bring this song out during this this time in history you know yeah uh like a current artist i think should should cover this and put it out i think it would would educate a lot of people
0: it would uh now i'm not sure what album this is from can i just tell you the song and yeah yeah. yeah you haven't done nothing and let me throw you two little extras on this song number one it was basically a song that was directed at richard nixon okay i think even nixon resigned like like two weeks later some shit like that not because of the song obviously but it just happened to uh, come you know coincide and the jackson five are actually the the background chorus on this song
1: oh here's that album again i'm not i've never seen this album cover god damn yeah i was thinking this song or this album had to come out either right before talking book or right after because it's almost the same um sound yeah so and i just looked it up and it was 74 so yeah it was right after that was his main problem with Nixon? Was it the war? Okay,
0: listen right there. Wait, go back. Go back a minute. Okay, let me just say two things. His problem was, is that at that time, there was a lot of turbulence in the United States. He was anti-drugs, anti-hippies, anti-black, anti-immigrant. There was protesting going on. He was spying on black groups. He was having them, uh, the Black Panthers, all those groups. He was inciting violence within their ranks. And so, like I said, he wanted to leave the country and help handicapped. He was sick of the government. This song was to Richard Nixon. You haven't done nothing. All you do is say shit's going to get better, but you haven't done nothing. The reason I told you to stop it here is right now you're going to hear him say Jackson 5 hit it or something like that. And the Jackson 5 come in. You can't really tell that it's them, but they're actually doing the chorus right now. Okay. Bro, he's a beast. Fucked yeah. all of that. He's a beast. Bro, this is music from forty years ago, my bro.
1: Yeah, come it, on. It, it blows everything away. Yeah, it blows everything today away, man. There's no. Because when you're a
0: classic, you're good forever, bro. All right. All right. Um, you got to get that album, my brother. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: get this. I'm gonna look for this. How funky was that? Oh, it's sick, man. Yeah. I got to get this on vinyl. I just, I don't want this MP3. I got to get this on vinyl.
0: Yeah. That's the shit, bro. That's what I grew up on. I remember all the album covers. I used to love them. The Steve Miller covers and you know, the Stevie wonder and the Jackson five, then the Van Halen covers. And I I just, I loved albums.
1: Yeah. So for my number one pick, I talked about it a little bit earlier. I heard it uh, when I was at work, I was 18 or 19 I heard it on the radio station and then I went out and I got the album the next day. This is from 1972 talking book. One of my favorite albums of all time. Everybody knows this song. It's been covered a million times. This is, it might be his number one hit of all time. Superstition.
0: Classic. (laughs) White boys liked this shit back then.
1: to Memphis right yes you've been on Beale Street yeah of course so um, they got the, uh, I think it's the BB King's uh, club down there
0: right and he's a beast BB yeah. King's a beast bro
1: yeah so they have uh, they have the house band that's in there and, and twice this happened in 2006 and then when I went again a, a decade later I think it was the same band and they played Superstition both times that i was there and these guys man they brought it to another level i don't know what the name of the band was but my god man this is this is one of the best songs of all time Yeah, yeah listen
0: to the horns That's a beautiful song, bro.
1: Yeah.
0: You so know, this is this is what's funny. When I was growing up. So when I was growing up, usually it was like uh you know, like white boys, they kinda just kinda listen to rock and then you know, like blacks, Latinos and everybody else kinda listened to soul and R and B before rap came, right? Yeah. And I was so fortunate that I never really fell into that camp. now I was able to experience all the music.
1: Yeah. Was that because you worked in the music store?
0: I don't know, bro. I don't know.
1: Well, when I you guess. joined, when you were in the Navy, you got exposed to a lot of rock.
0: Yeah. Right? That, there, yeah. But, but, but even when I was in the Navy, it was that way. Like all the white boys listened to rock and they always thought that, you know, The music, hip-hop was, uh, what did they call it? Jungle music or some bullshit like that, you know? And uh, they hated it, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so this is the one that that got my attention. All right.
0: So this is what we're going to have to do for this one. We're going to have to do like a two-parter okay okay because i gotta set up the story so this song the first song we'll do it from here and then the second part we're gonna have to do it from youtube okay okay this song is off the song to the key of life first song first album it should be this is a beautiful beautiful song from the instrumentation to the lyrics that he wrote stevie wonder okay okay I just want you to hear like about thirty seconds of it or forty seconds of it. And then we're gonna play a YouTube thing where in Motown's twenty fifth anniversary show. Did you ever see
1: that? I've seen part of it. I don't think that I've seen That
0: is thing. incredible, bro. They brought the spinners and the tops and fucking Michael Jackson and the Jackson five and Stevie wonder. They brought the house, bro. Everybody that was signed to Motown. That was anybody Smokey Robinson. I mean, it was incredible. What a great show. So basically what happened was is, as I told you before songs in the key of life is George Michael's favorite album, which I know you're a George Michael fan, right? Or no.
1: Um, not really.
0: Okay, then I'm getting you confused with Cyrus. Base oh, you're a Prince fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um anyway, so that was his favorite album. And so they invited him to the twenty fifth anniversary song to sing this song with Stevie Wonder, okay? Live in front of a mostly black crowd, which is almost like going to Apollo. Yeah. and you know they will boo you and he was he said he was very nervous he couldn't believe that he was meeting his idol he he was just fucking and so i just thought it was really cool to hear two great voices together george michaels meeting his idol and i and this is the only time i think this is the first time they ever did the song but it was never sold as a single you know what i'm saying yeah. so anyways i'll tell you where to stop and then
2: friends. Here's your friendly announcer. I have serious news to pass on to everybody. What I'm about to say.
0: All right. Stop. Now let's go to the YouTube. So this was his original song. He's singing with with, uh, George Michael. And, by the way, George Michael fucking kills it.
1: Ladies and Webster. Like? Yeah.
2: Mr. <laughs> George Michael. Good morning, friends. Here's Here's your friendly announcer serious news to pass on to everybody What I'm about to say could mean the world's disaster Could turn your joy and laughter into tears and pain Is that love today Don't delay Send yours in right. So he was probably
1: still in Wham at this point, right?
2: Yep. Wow. He
1: didn't bring the other guy on, just him.
2: He's (laughs) the the, the
0: one that can actually sing. The other guy's
1: the Marty Janetti of
0: Wham. (laughs) He's Oach.
2: If (laughs) love and peace, you pressure, then you hear.
1: You ever seen the um george michael at the freddie mercury concert yeah oh my god the queen it's george, it's george michael singing the queen
2: yeah it's
0: oh, remarkable
2: yeah.
0: anyways that that those are my five
1: man you really um i learned about an album i've never knew existed
0: and maybe a couple of songs was, it, or have you heard all those songs?
1: Um, no, those two songs from that album I had never heard before, ever. Yeah, I don't think those were radio singles. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. really. So, what would be the next person that we should, um, if people like this, that we should uh, do? Uh, we or could should be- we have them ask us, or should we have them choose? Let's let's pick one, and then if they like it, they can they can join us.
1: Yeah, uh, we could do Prince.
0: Okay, let's do Prince. That that was supposed to be the first one, but that's gonna yeah, be I I don't so want to hard.
1: start on. I don't want to start off with Prince because like that Prince is like the ultimate. So for a pilot episode, you don't want to blow but your. Then you say
0: that. Then you say that you did Prince with Hughesley. By the way, if that is true. <laughs> so what did you think of this?
1: Oh, I thought it was tremendous, man. Yeah, I I learned two new great songs. One album I got to get, um, and I learned about. The Zulu song, that's part Zulu, part Spanish. I never well, thought yeah. about it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate that tomorrow. Who
0: else do you like?
1: I mean, any pretty much anything from the '60s, '70s, and '80s. I'm really into. Give
0: me like two or three things that you think I would like, maybe from music you've heard me play on the show.
1: I'm gonna share my screen with you. I mean, my favorites: um, Aerosmith.
0: I see Air Supply there.
1: No, I'm not. I only have one song from them. Uh, no. Alice Cooper. Let's see stuff you might no. like. You like the Bangles?
0: They had a couple of good songs. I don't know. I don't think I'd have a top five. I'd probably yeah, I could have a do a top, top three. Yeah, exactly. because yeah.
1: like, they only had two albums. Yeah, Beatles yeah, of
0: course. The Beatles are incredible. We could yeah. do them.
1: We do a top fifty of that, bro.
0: I can't believe you like the Beatles. I I, 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 they're fucking incredible.
1: Yeah, I see I think, cameo. I'm just thinking, yeah, Cam. Oh, cameo is sick. I actually
0: man. met the lead singer once in Orlando.
1: Oh, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Great composer.
0: <laughs> He's the greatest. Cheap trick is a great bro. I saw this thing where he was—he got like a, like a lifetime achievement award at the at the at the Oscars, yeah. and they gave him the longest standing ovation in history.
2: Oh, thank, thank you so much. so much.
0: an emotional emotion, emotion emotion moment for me. And words seem so f- futile, so feeble.
2: I can only say that uh, thank you for the honor of, of inviting me here. And uh, oh, you're wonderful, sweet people. Thank you.
1: They do that. You ever seen the movie with Robert Downey Jr.? No. Oh, you got to see that, man. Is it good? Yes, it's tremendous. It's Robert Downey Jr. from like 1992. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, he does. He was a young actor at that point. He does such a good job of Chaplin, and yeah. they, the the finale of the movie. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but it it involves that Oscar. Oh, okay. So it's it's so beautiful, man. Deep Purple. Didn't you play a Deep Purple song I like a, Deep Purple, a, a few yeah. weeks ago? You did like yeah. an obscure song. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, dude. Every major 70s band. I mean,
0: that was a great thing because in Miami, like really. Most Cubans didn't have like good weed, like the white boys had weed. So when you went to get weed from the white boys, yeah, they were always playing, you know, like Leonard Skinner and Deep Purple and shit like that. And so that I really heard it a lot from there. And I also heard it because I used to hang out a lot at carnivals. And that's like the music that they would always fucking play when the rides were going around and shit like that. And, um, plus this is also kind of funny. I had two friends, one in high school and one in the Navy that, um, we always had this thing like going to work. We would listen to any music you wanted, but coming back, you'd listen to my music. Uh So they'd always play their music and, and, you know, it was always like rock or heavy metal or, you know, so I picked up a lot. of Yeah.
1: Earth, wind and fire.
0: Incredible, bro. I could do a top 10 of them.
1: Oh my God. ELO. You played them a bunch of times. Yeah. Elvis. Yep. Elvis is probably my number one favorite.
0: Really? You know who's a humongous Elvis fan? Um Brian James BG. Oh, is he really? One time when we were in Nashville, uh, he used to drive from Pensacola, Florida to Nashville. I don't know how many hours that is. He didn't drive, it was this guy called Eddie G. And he had this thing. It was like Elvis, Volume One, Two, Three, Four, and that's all they would listen. You know, the whole time to the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, I got anything from the seventies. I got it. Seventies and eighties. All right. 80s, so. All right. Well,
0: well, let's see if people like it. Then we'll do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> so Conan, just, yeah. this is
1: this has been a real honor for me. Uh, man, you've you've educated me tonight. Hopefully, um, I've educated you. You knew all the songs I picked already but, um, but this has been A tremendous time But it shows me You have very
0: good taste Because that's The one great thing About Stevie Wonder As I said before Were his arrangements His musicianship He was way ahead Of his time He was uh, he, he was very experimental He had messages In his music Bro he, he made music Directly for Nixon You know He had like Two or three songs Directed at him So he was super over in, With you know In the African American Community and um you have good taste bro you know what Thank i'm you. saying Thank that guy's a fucking beast yeah. yeah
1: well i've always admired your musical taste on the show the songs that you pick are always tremendous all of them
0: right um, i feel you're just saying that's so all come back again <laughs>
1: no okay i'll i'll give you a negative usually the last song i'm not into which is the the, right. uh, the rap song or the yeah,
0: that's usually a modern rap song. Yeah, uh, I don't like modern, dude.
1: I, I like eighty early '80s rap. I can get yeah. into, but I don't like anything modern.
0: Nobody. Yeah, usually it's because it has a good beat. Because the lyrics today suck, uh, or usually something in Spanish or like a funk, of foreign nation, or something like that. Usually that's yeah. what I put on at the end. Um, all right, my bro. Well, we finally all right. Well, did
1: we got to do one thing before you go. Yeah, we got to bury somebody. Yep. Yeah. We got to bury a guy that gave you the runaround. You were trying to do a music uh, review with him for months, for years, and he kept pushing you away. Oh yeah, Conan, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. And give you the runaround. A legend like you. Right. Uh, and and today, as recently as today, this guy, I asked him, "Will he come back on my show?" Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I I try to make a plan with him, and then he just pushes me off. You know. So here we are, me and you. We reviewed. The great Stevie Wonder, right? Vince, no. Let's bury this guy.
0: That's what happens when you become a podcasting big shot. You forget about your friends. It was going to happen. I could see it happening. You know. Now he's got Bubba or he's, Bubba Ray doesn't work with him, right? Stevie Richards and uh,
1: Stevie Ray. <laughs>
0: Stevie Ray (laughs) disco, the disco puppet. I think the disco puppets, the biggest star on the whole fucking brand to tell you the truth. You should get rid of Jeff Lane and everybody fucking else on that fucking show and let the puppet take over. But anyways, Vince, we were going to do an album review show four years ago, bro. Yeah. And I ended up doing them with Mike Durbin. It was actually more pleasant than I thought. Um, I got my eye on you, Vince. (laughs) That's all I can tell you. (laughs) All right, my brother.
1: All right, Conan. Again, uh, in honor, I thank you for finally coming on the Mike Durban Show. Will you ever do Hughesley show?
0: No. Be cool, my brother. Boom.
1: Well, that's the show, everyone. I want to thank you so much for listening. And I want to send out a very extra special thank you to Conan for finally doing my show. What a dream come true, man. I think this top five list turned out very well, and I hope you enjoyed it. Bye for now.
2: There is superstitious writing on the wall. There is superstitious letter boxes fall. The looking last Seven years of bad luck Your good things in your past When you believe in things That you don't understand and you suffer Superstition
1: Thank you for listening to the Mike Durband Show. Please follow me on Twitter at Mike Durband. Instagram, Mike underscore Durband underscore show. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mike Durband. Thank you.